Today on our show, Disney Plus news and rumors, Jedi Fallen Order news, and of course our Clone Wars episode review. All of this and much, much more on this week's episode of The Broom Boys. And welcome to this week's show. You got The Broom Boys with Buddy and Guy. I'm Guy. I'm Buddy. And... We're going to give you a hell of a show. <laughs> They're giving us a fucking hell of a show with the Clone Wars Season 7. Holy shit. That, that yeah, end's sure. coming in hot, man. But yep. we got stuff to get to before that, right? Yeah, we sure do. They're all busy, busy news slash rumors week. Um, lots of, of interesting and exciting stuff to go over. So uh, I'll just dive right in. And we'll uh, we'll get through this stuff as soon as possible, so we can get to talking about that amazing episode where I feel like they cleared the bar. I feel like they cleared the bar. They did they not disappoint with last week's. They definitely did not disappoint. Yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, before the news, real quick, how's uh, how's everything going with uh, with the quarantine slash lockdown slash COVID slash everything? You know, personally, okay. I I will say that I saw Washington has taken a huge uptick, and I'm not surprised, man. Like, nobody wants to be at home anymore. Everybody's going nuts. I see parking lots are, like, full of businesses that are still open, like Walmart. Like, yeah, they yeah. had a packed parking lot, not a single person wearing a mask. It was like... Aren't they, uh, but aren't, isn't Walmart supposed to be mitigating the number of people in the store at any given time and controlling traffic flow and things like that? Supposed to be. But are um, they? I mean, is your, is your hometown ours is doing not. that stuff? Oh, that's it does, interesting. It does, did not appear that they were to the degree other businesses are. I saw Home Depot was only allowing like 20 people in the store at a time at and I mean, they had a nice size Only line built up. Twenty, yeah. Home depots are fucking massive. Uh huh. Yeah, dude. It's like there was a lot. They're really cautious. Uh, Best Buy was only doing curbside. Um, Ross and all the other department, like those kind of stores, Bed Bath and Beyond, Kohl's, they're all closed. GameStop closed. Um, Target As they should is be. open. Um, they're still, but they are counting the number of guests and i don't know what their limit is um but everybody's they're at least enforcing some limits in the stores best uh home depot was the one though they were they were very 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 cautious but i know right at the start of the whole stay-at-home order they they weren't as um strict about it and oh man they were getting mobbed in the store dude it was crazy and so i think this is also trying to convince people if you don't really have a reason to be there and you're just going to find something to do look at the line it's not worth it you can go to lowe's or somewhere else and lowe's is lowe's was like walmart you know packed parking lot and people wandering around without masks or anything so yeah anywhere you go is like that pretty much anymore so we've just we've just not gone out nearly as much and really had a lot of wonderful family family bonding time you know yeah sure no um over here we it sounds like 
we're much more strict than you guys are. We're now in full-fledged, if you need to go into a building of any kind, like you need to run inside to the gas station and give the attendant a 20 to pay for your gas. You better be wearing a mask or you're not permitted inside. Uh, I now have to wear a mask full time at work. Uh, I cannot enter the building without a mask. So um, we're, we're tightening down, but we, yeah, my state also experienced a pretty big spike. I think we had 1600 new cases in one day alone statewide. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, we're all, we're all safe. Uh, you know, we're not going anywhere unless we have to, uh, we're using curbside grocery shopping options as much as we can. Uh, I did leave the house today for about 30 minutes, but I social distanced the fuck out of myself and went up into the, into the state game lands and fired a bunch of bullets out of, uh, four different guns at various targets. Because uh, I have a brand new handgun I wanted to test and a couple oh. others that I had done some modifying to that I wanted to test how how they were still functioning. And uh, yeah, yeah, so we're like, not doing that here. They're not letting us go on to the public lands. All the public lands for fishing and hunting are closed. And like it, we're trying to preserve Harry and his noble clan, I'm sure. The Sasquatch, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry, well, Harry, Harry and Harry Henderson, Henderson's you know, fame. Yes, yes. Came from Seattle, and that's that's right yes, there. Yes, it's like, yes. Yes, so. the Hendersons went went camping somewhere from the Seattle area and hit, hit a big on foot on their way home, and then he strapped him to the roof of the car. To the Sasquatch at that point. Well, yeah. I mean, that was a funny movie. Funny, so, funny movie. So we're protecting the noble Sasquatch and not allowing any hunting or fishing because we're social distancing from them because we don't want them to go extinct you know well fair enough but yeah no, so they're not they're not limiting us from going to any place like that uh, you so don't yeah, have sasquatch no we do actually supposedly we have the appalachian um family line of sasquatch is out here supposedly yeah but they're like the red-headed stepchild uh i mean they're I don't, not like the I don't, noble I don't, pacific northwest I, breed I don't know where the rankings fall, but yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of legendary cryptids over in this part of the country. Absolutely, the, I mean, the, Appalachians the Jersey, have so Jersey many great Devil tales. The Jersey Devil. We've got the Mothman prophecy thing happened nearish to where I am, and then we've got uh, what do they call the the one Sasquatch that's supposedly in like the next county over from me? I think it's the Thunder Brothers is what they call them because they they rattle trees to scare people off and it sounds like thunder. Um, wow, you guys are rich with some like yeah, a lot of there. lot of a lot of cryptids over here. So yeah, it's nice. pretty nice, cool. exciting. Yeah, yeah, whatevs. I mean, but yeah, so no, I mean, I I just went out and you know fired some nine mil and some 45 and some 300 blackout and then came home and put my pajama pants back on and played video games and watched movies and played with my son and you know did some did some online shopping for some stuff yeah no it's all good it's all good we're all safe and healthy that's the important part but uh we're looking at starting in may they're gonna start reopening some stuff Right. We'll we'll see how it goes. I I know that, like I said, it's Washington is definitely testing 
testing the limits of that right now. So we've had a really slow kind of tick in our state. I mean, from the last time I said what we had just gotten about a thousand, uh, we're up to 1300 now, uh, cases in Washington. So it's sort of like, you can see how the effects of social distancing and, and what we've been doing. Um, but as people get really freaking tired of it, they're going out and testing the limits and the boundaries. And so we'll definitely see in the next week or two, the impact of that and if there's not really an impact i I, you know we'll see people are gonna obviously feel empowered at that point in time and uh numbers will be obviously in some ways behind them uh beyond that you know at that point in time yeah we we may just see some reopening if it gets really bad here in the next couple weeks yeah we'll know we'll know whether or not i think we should (laughs) watch washington yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens as as we slowly roll towards the reopening of society. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's take our talk to a coronavirus-free galaxy far, far away. Uh, so hey, long time uh, launching with some with some rumors. Uh, Ooh, I like rumors. You a Liam Neeson fan? I am. I love Liam Neeson. Him Liam and Neeson's uh, awesome. Right. Oh God. Him and Ewan McGregor. I, I really, that was like Phantom Menace because of those two. It, it will always live on as one of my favorite movies. Even if the acting was questionable, it was like, I love, love both of those actors. Train spotting was my first ever experience with, uh, McGregor. And it was like, yeah, that was, that was a trip in itself. And then did, uh, yeah. Did you ever see Gunshy with Liam Neeson yes. and Oliver Platt? What a fucking Narco great Sleepy. movie that was. Narco Sleepy, I yeah. I still say Narco Sleepy to this day. Oh, dude. I say it too all the time, all the fucking time. That, fucking Narco Sleepy. That is, that is one of my favorite Liam Neeson movies, and it's one of my favorite Oliver Platt movies. I yeah, think that was honestly the first one of Liam Neeson I saw. Uh, I think the first Liam Neeson movie I saw was, I think he played in... Oh God! What's that fucking movie based on that fucking horrible book? Ethan Frome, <laughs> I think. I think Ethan Frome, I believe, is what it's oh, called. Wow. I think he was in that. Um, don't even know it. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Liam Neeson is rumored to be returning to the role of Qui Gon Jinn in some shape or form that is not disclosed in this rumor. I mean, my guess would be he's going to be showing up Force Ghost style, maybe in the Obi-Wan live action show. Or maybe he'll be returning to do voice work again like he he did in, I think it was season six of The Clone Wars. He returned as the voice of of Force Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, But time, of course, will tell on rumors like this. uh, Well, they don't have a whole lot of... of uh, cartoon CGI shows coming out right now. It's all like live action, so I'm I'm gonna assume he's going to be reprising his role in one of their live action shows. The question is, which one? Maybe I mean, but of course, all the all the the festivals and conventions were canceled, so there might be an announcement that they're just waiting to to find the right platform to say, hey, look what we've got coming, and look who's coming back for it. So. 
I mean, who knows? We'll we'll see if this one pans out or not. But it's exciting because yes, I his performance as Qui Gon was one of the better things of the Phantom Menace. Uh, uh, he was he was a Jedi too short of a time. He I would have definitely liked to see him in a, in more movies, uh, and and his Qui Gon Jinn was, uh, dude. Qui Gon was a fucking. He was awesome. He was a beast. And yeah, I'd like to see more Qui Gon personally. Hopefully, we see a show that happens pre Phantom Menace at some point. Not you know like just just before time period, and we even or a flashback or something. Yeah, I was about to say, what about Obi Wan Kenobi flashbacks to when he was a a young Padawan under Qui Gon? That would be fucking cool, right? You In just the Obi-Wan gave me series? Yeah, man. Oh, fuck, yes. Obi-Wan, yes. like, what if, what if that's the Obi-Wan show in, in whole? Is him reminiscing about, about the old days, about adventures that we never got to see? And some of it's, maybe it's him telling the story of his fucking life, you know? I mean, who knows? But yeah, that would be cool. Flashbacks. Or the story of him when he was a Padawan, even. Oh. There would be so mixed, much mixed in with some present day stuff. Oh, on Tatooine, freaking! Oh God! And man. I mean, interesting to note that this news or rumor or whatever comes on the heels of the new writer being announced for that show. So oh. we know scripts are being reworked. So I mean, I don't want to say that this is a one plus one equals two situation, but it could be. But it's but very exciting. A plus B it's, does equal C. Or or it equals potato or purple or whatever you know whatever you want it or need it to be but you know it's like it if you got a you got b it's gonna equal c you don't know how it fits exactly into the equation which numbers we're using but we know that the equation is there and there's only a certain amount of outcomes we can end up seeing so it will be exciting to see which one it comes true yeah for sure and certain man so Looking forward to uh, to finding out more about that. Uh, now, I don't need to ask you if you're a fan of The Mandalorian because I know you are. Uh, so we got a uh, we got a little graphic posted on uh, on the internet um, recently, and this graphic was, um, you know, from. The Mandalorian. It looks like a piece of promo art, and it shows our good buddy Mando and the logo of the series above him. He's sitting on the back of some sort of giant fanged beast. I'm he likes to a, ride beasts, man. I'm gonna say it's a crate dragon. I'm just gonna say it's a crate dragon. I'm Sounds just gonna good say to me. that um, because why not? If I'm wrong, whatever. Uh, but also included in this graphic are. Uh, the titles of all eight episodes for season two. Ooh. And, you know, <sighs> did you notice that it felt like they were semi-revealing? Like, to an gave extent, you a storyline. Yeah. To an extent, you could definitely see uh, there's a little bit of a pattern. Also, another one interesting thing about the image before I read the episode titles off. Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda is nowhere to be seen in this image. Noticed that too. Yeah, so that's interesting. Right. Uh, but I'm not going to read anything into his uh, non-inclusion. non-appearance. 
right? Yeah. Yes. So totally with so, you. So, uh, Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 1 is entitled The Search. Chapter 2 is entitled The Confrontation. Chapter 3 is The Bounty. Chapter 4 is The Republic. Chapter 5 is The Loyalist. Chapter 6 is The Sorcerer. Chapter 7 is The Return, and Chapter 8 is The Empire. So let's go back to Chapter 1. Chapter 1, okay. The Search, right? The Search, yes, The Search. Do You know they're searching for something related to Baby Yoda because his goal is to get Baby Yoda either to mom and dad-like version of them, a home planet or some kind, something of his species, or somewhere that he is considered home and has somebody to look after him. Right. To his people, I think is how the armor put it is you need to return this child to his people. And so the, the way, but the way she was wording it made it sound like the Jedi were his people because that all that context came wondering. in the way of the sorcerer uh, where yes. they were talking. She's these sorcerers that were rumored to have powers like this and blah, blah, blah. You should find them. This baby belongs with them. Yes, that was what I was wondering because when I when I listened to that, that made me feel like that. So the search. So the question is, where is he going to go to search? And if he's searching for the sorcerers, he's going to have to figure out the lore. And then he's going to find out about the Jedi, the Sith, and the whole nine yards, as much as can be discovered about those quickly. And so who's he going to find? And that, that I don't gets know, us to but the next episode. Who, yes, What's the next whoever episode? he finds, apparently there's a confrontation. Now, does Gideon catch up with them at this point? Uh, it's hard or to is say. It with the, say, the people that he's taking the baby to, is there some kind of confrontation there where they misassume his intentions? It's very possible. Uh, the bounty sounds like maybe he's taking a job. Uh, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, you can read any number of things into the bounty. Of course, the bounty could also reference Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda was a bounty. So, And we also know that Michael Bean is coming back as a bounty hunter uh, from his past, from the Mandalorian's past. Right. But see, I was actually going to put him with the Chapter 5. Ooh, with the loyalist. The, the loyalist? Oh, the, yeah. The loyalist. See, but chapter four is the Republic. So I'm wondering if this bounty has to do with the Republic. And he okay, ends up getting captured or whatever. Bean. Okay. I'm looking at his character. Oh, sorry. I don't no, go ahead. I'm like, I've had a you lot didn't. of tequila. You're good. I'm You're all good. excited. You're good. Um, so his character, when I was looking at the what it was considered his character sketches, everybody was freaking out because they thought, oh, my God, he looks just like uh, Solo from or that when he was a mud trooper, Han from Solo when he was the mud trooper. And I, so I checked it out. And no. But if you look into, say, at the time, the Republic or the what the Republic soldier or Imperial soldier or whatever they were at the time they're just grunt armor that is very similar to what he's wearing at that point in time he, he i'm feeling like he was an imperial soldier but something happened to defect 
we just had released uh, the that new comic, Bounty Hunter 2, that had the cyber cyborg in it. And he was an ex-Imperial soldier that went basically, I want to say was left behind and didn't actually desert. But because he was left behind, made him turn his back on the the Imperials and all that crap. And he became a bounty hunter and that, but half of his body is now cyborg because it was, he was left for dead. And I think, isn't that the story? Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I, I think we have seen who Michael Bean is going to play, but in a, in not in a comic book. Oh, I think, what I think, think we've seen this person twice, but anyway, hold, let's, we'll get to that when we get to the loyalist, when we, when we okay. can discuss okay, okay, that okay. possible meaning. Uh, so the Republic, I think, I think whatever the bounty is in chapter three is going to lead him to the Republic. And then maybe, you know, so maybe we see a Republic recruiting drive. For... What if the bounty is the actual handoff of baby Yoda? It could be, it could be. Cause you were saying that the art doesn't have baby Yoda in it. Maybe that is. Maybe by the fourth episode, halfway through, Baby Yoda's storyline is kind of just like wrapped up. Could be. I mean, and, you know, maybe the confrontation is him resolving things with Gideon. I mean, right? it's 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 wow. hard to say. But anyways, anyway, so the Loyalist. If we th- if you if we think the Loyalist has to do with Michael Bean's character, uh, then I think who Michael Bean is playing is Saxton. Or Saxon, whatever his name was. Think of the the last two episodes of the Clone Wars, the main Maldalorian guy with the spiky oh, the spiky helmet. Now you look at him; he, you know, he's got a beard, but very kind of you know Michael Bean in the eighties and Aliens and playing Kyle Reese and whatever. Um, so we jump twenty one years into the future to get to where we're at in the Mandalorian timeline. I mean, you age that Saxon guy up to, to, to that, you add that 21 years on and we could be, we could be looking at Michael Bean's character right there. A straight up Maldalorian. Straight up Maldalorian. Cause you saw him getting arrested in this last Clone Wars episode, which we will mm-hmm. talk about in great detail. Uh, so he's still alive as of right now. That might change by the end of the season, and my theory might be sunk. But well, and not not to just pull, to play with it a little bit, just you know, to whip it out and play with it, just tickle it a little bit. What if he was on the prisoner ship that they went to rescue the other guys from? Uh, I mean, it's possible. It's very possible. Although I think, well, we'll we'll talk about. I I don't want to branch too much into the episode, um, when it comes down to talking about. This is all speculation. It it is all speculation, but yeah, I I have a feeling that when Order sixty six goes down, I think a lot of those Mandalorians that we saw being arrested will escape, and I I think you'll actually see the the Maldalorians unite with the other Mandalorians to fight this new common enemy of these now tyrannical clones. 
Yeah, so because it's going to be a different guess. clone army than what we're used to. Like, yeah, and very and very soon. But again, oh, we're God. we're but that's getting the episode. Wow. Yes, yeah, we're getting ahead, ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, so, chapter six, <sighs> the sorcerer. That could definitely be a reference to Jedi. Could also be a reference to Gideon. It could be if he's force sensitive, which I mean, I haven't seen any evidence of. But only evidence you got it would be the dark saber. If you think. But we already have seen Finn use a lightsaber, so it's not... And, and wound Kylo Ren, yeah. It's not... Ab- no, it, yeah, it's not like it's going to be territory we haven't gone before, so... Han cutting open a tauntaun. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so, I mean, we can assume that has to do with a Force user of some kind. The Return... Is this where Ahsoka shows up? Boy. That is a good question. I am not sure. I am I felt like, yes, when I read the episode list, yes, it was. But at the same time, if we're wrapping up with Baby Yoda by, say, episode four, then I would think, that she's going to come in earlier than that. I feel like she's not going to be where baby Yoda ends, but I feel like she's going to be the one that points the Mandalorian in the direction where baby Yoda is supposed to go. So if we get baby Yoda by the end of the end of the season and we're just getting to where baby Yoda should go, I think, yeah, but my feeling is she's going to be like the sign post the direction pointer. Uh, could be, could be. Why you know? We'll find out here. It's it's approaching rather quickly, and maybe now, when that trailer. Well, hold on. We have a okay. promised trailer that's supposed to be dropping soon as well. So maybe that trailer will shed some more light. I hope go, so. Anyway, go ahead. If we do get Ahsoka in the end of the season, right? Then they've held true to what they have said where she's not going to be a main character in the season. However, if the reception is right, she may become a fixture in season three. You know what I mean? Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the reception is going to be massive. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um. But again, you know, this is all speculation and we could we could literally spend an entire episode speculating just on that. Uh, we could spend an entire episode speculating on these episode titles and their meaning. Um, and maybe we'll do that here in a few episodes after the Clone Wars end. Because uh, we're getting pop. close to that. We definitely are. And we'll, ha- we'll hopefully have the trailer by then as well. Although I'm pretty sure we're going to see the trailer on May the 4th because, you know, it's International May Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And may the fucking fourth be with you. So chapter eight is the Empire. So that's kind of telling, right? It is a little bit telling for sure. We're definitely, it's going to be, we're probably going to see the bulk of what's left of the Empire amassed in some way or another and uh, maybe see some resolution. It's hard to say. I feel like what we're going to see is the Empire congregate the power it has remaining and establish with the First Order and those kind of things. Not exactly, maybe not the First Order exactly, but because I think that the 
I think the way I read it, and I don't remember, I do not remember where, but it was that the Empire was, everything was like confused for the first little bit. And then the Empire finally, there was, uh, somebody came into power, which maybe we may get Thrawn or something like that. But somebody comes into power to basically get everything cleaned up a little bit. And that's when the First Order comes back and takes control from them. Yes, and that's that would what kind of follow some of the old EU where the the Empire kind of fractured into uh, into basically war, territorial warlords. But then Thrawn came in and was basically like, join me or fucking die. And so most joined. Thrawn Disney Plus show. That was a, a last week rumor, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, it was. So, I mean, we'll see where that goes. Uh, anyway, onward and yeah. forward. Onward and upward. So, speaking of May the 4th, uh, premiering on Disney Plus on May the 4th, we're getting a Mandalorian documentary which should detail Ooh. some behind the scenes and making of, and dude, of course, this is where they're going to debut the season two trailer. It's going to be attached to that documentary. Mark it's gotta my words. Be. Gotta be. Maybe a little bit. Maybe we'll even get a couple more Easter eggs or spoilers coming up uh, with it to give us just a little bit of something to grease the wheel. When, you know, a little something for the spank bank. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, I mean, no hype is needed for a Mandalorian season two or a Mandalorian documentary. Um, looking forward to it. Can't wait to watch it. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, forgive me if you hear this and I'm butchering your name, but Leslie Hayland has been announced to be producing a female led Star Wars show for Disney plus. And you and I speculated offline that we suspect it's either the rumored Mara Jade show or one of the rumored Ahsoka shows. Right. And I'm, I feel like it's gotta be, I will be disappointed. Absolutely disappointed. If it's not the Mara Jade show, I think I will be too. I think there's plenty of places to put Ahsoka, uh, into the medium and i i think i think star wars fans are just on a razor's edge waiting for mara to show up well and that's just it you could even tie ahsoka and mara into the same show at some because ahsoka's not really a jedi anymore uh i mean that's debatable i would Ac say in action and in if you take it as the religious meaning, you're right. I feel you're right. But if you take it from the standpoint of the council and the order and what they've determined and determined and decreed, then she's not. Unless we're going well, no, to see but them she, but she, change that. But, but the council found her innocent and said, you can stay. But she voluntarily left. She renounced it. The Jed, the Council, and the Jedi didn't cast her out. She left on her own. So in in their eyes, probably she is still a Jedi. But Obi Wan in the uh, part one, uh, no friend left behind, or old what was it? No friend left behind, or whatever it was. Uh, 
he specifically stated that she was no longer part of the order. Right. The which wouldn't listen to which her. doesn't necessarily mean that she's not a Jedi. That just means she's not active in the organization. So you think they're going to make her active again? I don't know. It's like saying, um, so, hey, you and I, WSU, right? Yeah. Uh, Drew Bledsoe came out of WSU. Just yes. because he's no longer playing football for WSU, does that mean he's not a Cougar anymore? You know, it's that sort I of a thing. I think more appropriate would be Ryan Leaf. Oh, God. we He who shall not be named. I feel more. I feel How more dare on you. Like par with him than How I do dare with Drew, you. Drew Bledsoe. Like Drew Bledsoe. Like I'm like, yeah, dude. He. I want to call him a cougar. Like okay, Ryan well, Leaf. Having, I want to be like having no, grown up in Pullman. Him. Having grown up in Pullman and and watching Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, I mean, I'm very connected to that. Um. Anyways, so yeah, no, we, we don't need to go into the is is she is she not a Jedi debate. I mean, because that also, again, could be an episode all of its own. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm hoping it's the Mara Jade show. Because um, she, out of all the characters who have yet to be um, put on display and given their own property, I think she is at the top of my list. Well, um, you know my thing with the whole Mara Jade and not being included in the movies or anything is we have this whole push and i'm not i'm completely for it for female characters and female representation and minority representation in in movies and across the board regardless you know that whole anybody can be cast for any role sure which is all for it right on right why stable mara jade at that point in time you have this iconic and not even a role. I mean, she was a female fixture and role before before this whole movement came along. Why not utilize something that you can prop up and say, you know, props to Star Wars fans because they actually, you know, they got behind a female character and a female lead before a, a lot of people found it acceptable. Oh, yeah, they we because I was there reading those books. We embraced Mara Jade. She was awesome. She was awesome. We fucking loved her. Um, So why dump her? Why not? Well, here's here's the thing, though. Just here's the thing, because I think this is actually possibly a I don't want to say it's a weakness in Disney because you can always turn around and point to the Disney princesses in animation as a counter argument. But. You know, Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns Marvel. Look how long it took for them to get Natasha Romanoff her own movie, which has now been delayed by coronavirus. DC was late to the party in launching their new movie universe. They got Wonder Woman onto the screen, what, almost two years before Captain Marvel got to the to the screens for Marvel? I feel like it's a, uh, I feel like it's a blind spot on Disney's radar where it definitely shouldn't be a blind spot about getting these female-led projects going. Uh, really, Wonder Woman was one of the main reasons I got excited for the the DC universe. That that movie was done so well. I love. Oh it. yeah, no, that movie is fucking amazing, and 
yeah, any any doubts I had about Gal Gadot because I wasn't super familiar with her when she was cast. Um, Agreed. Because I had kind of left the Fast and the Furious franchise behind at that point, and I guess that's where she. I didn't want her to got... be another Megan Fox. <sighs> Megan, Megan. Uh, yeah, yeah, Megan. Um, you know, I oh, I loved the Transformers movie, dude. That was uh, the first one. Yeah, well, I mean, you and I saw uh, the second one together in the theater because yeah. I remember we did uh we did two movie nights like a week or two apart from each other where you said dude you need to go see the new star trek movie and i'm like i don't know i'm an og star trek fan but okay i'll go and see it i don't know if i'll like it but i'll go and see it and then like five minutes in i'm like this is the best star trek they've ever made right and then i said dude you need to go see this revenge of the sith movie i said it's not great but there's some really cool fight scenes, and it's worth seeing on a big screen. And so we we went and saw it on the big screen. And, you know, yeah, not not an Oscar-worthy movie by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, fun action sequences and battles and fights and whatnot. And Absolutely. Megan looking fine. Right? Uh, <sighs> yeah. So anyway, please, yeah. for the love of God, make this the Mara Jade show. If anybody out there deserves it, it's her. Uh, so now... Uh, hopefully most, if not all of you listening right now know about the Star Wars Fallen Order video game, uh, which is easily one of the best Star Wars video games ever made. Uh, Respawn Entertainment, the masterminds behind uh, Titanfall, Apex Legends. And actually, if you go back far enough, the guys at Respawn are the guys who did the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare games. But then they left Infinity Ward and made their own studio some years later. Oh, um, that makes sense. I love that. And that's, I loved Modern Warfare when in the first little bit of it. But then, it, yeah, it became something that I just didn't find as enjoyable anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the original guys, a lot of them left. They made Respawn Studios. Ah. And then, you know, they did Titanfall and Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends great and games. Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love Titanfall. I can't wait for the third one. But anyway, so they they want to make the Fallen Order series a trilogy, an epic trilogy. And maybe they need permission. I don't know what they're waiting for, but fucking do it, man. Fucking do it. Because that game, that game was everything. It still is. It's awesome. It's, it's repping Star Wars in the video game world to one of the highest levels you'll ever fucking see. Lightsaber duels. Yeah, I dude, I know. I know. I wish they had a lightsaber that duel. That is mode the only because... area that it is lacking, but Yeah, I mean, Which but it makes sense. Say. It makes sense canically that there wouldn't be that very many people to go lightsaber blade to lightsaber blade with at that point in the galaxy. But make a little battle arena where it's like, hey, I want arcade a lightsaber mode. fight. Arcade mode. I want a lightsaber fight Darth Maul. I want a lightsaber fight Yoda. Whatever. Get your fucking licensing and do it. But maybe they've got to cost st- big money. Yeah, but they probably didn't want to step on Battlefront's toes would be my guess as to why that Ooh. mode doesn't exist. But um, oh, you got a point. If you, you wanna, know, if you want to play that, then play Battlefront because Battlefront battlefront 2 i mean all those games what was the one for the original like i mean what was it the original xbox 
would have had yeah. battle would have had Battlefront and Battlefront Two on the original Xbox. Really? So what's the Battlefront Two that was just re? Was that a re-release or no? Just that? same same title, different game, basically. Same title. Okay. So oh, that's what I thought. Okay, so they basically just repurposed the goddamn name. Well, kind of like so. how they're doing with Modern Warfare right now in Call of Duty. Uh, kind of a reboot. Yeah. A reboot. Yeah, but you got to reboot it. At least Spider-Man. You had Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, the spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the Modern Warfare reboot, I mean, they brought back Captain Price. They brought in, you have Gaz there, Ghost is there. Soap hasn't made an official appearance yet, but he's on the way. So you've got that British SAS crew. Uh, you saw Staff Sergeant Griggs in one of the missions. Um, I think they mentioned Zakayev, maybe, or Makarov. So, so, I mean, the, was the, 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 the game just like, did they just redo it? Or did they actually just retell the story in a new way? No, it's a totally new story. It's a totally okay. new story. It's pretty cool, actually. And um, they, it's one of the most accurate military-wise games, or campaign mode at any rate, you'll ever see. Um, nice. Because they had Navy SEALs consulting on, you know, on their experiences as, as top-tier operators and... Hey, if you're gonna do this kind of a mission, this is the conditions you're gonna operate fucking under. The seals, dude. They're yeah, yeah. The fucking frogmen. Yeah. So I listened Damn, to it. I listened That's to hardcore. an interview. They went, they went cool with this game. In other words, yeah, yeah. They they got uh, they got a couple legit, and I mean legit, uh, former frogmen to consult on the game. Uh, you um, should, if you're gonna do it. Yeah. If you can't do it. If you can't do it accurately, you need to consult somebody who can give you the information so you can do it accurately. Oh, and they dude, they nailed it. They did a wonderful job. Uh with and they listened to the frogmen, to the Navy SEALs they, in the Woods consultations. Up. So uh so props to them. But anyway, yeah, so trilogy hopefully coming for Fallen uh, Order. Uh can't wait. Me neither. And great so game. The last bit of the news, and this is actually confirmed. It was uh, released as a story in The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, we have a double casting announcement. Another double casting announcement, actually. For yeah, we the- just got one of those for The Mandalorian, dude. Oh, I'm going to karate chop my heater. Wait, no, um, no. We we got we already had one. Stellan Skarsgård, remember, was and oh, that other guy. Oh, another casting. Whoa, that's yeah, right. Yeah, for Rogue One. So this is another double casting announcement for... That the Rogue story. One Cassian Andor prequel, um, because we got we got for Mandalorian we got what's we got uh, Michael Bean and Rosario, and, and and then we got, uh, goddamn, my brain is not working right now. Now too much tequila, um, uh, True Lies. <sighs> Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you. Yeah, and then last, and then we had Stellan Skarsgård and that other fella announced for the Cassian Andor prequel. Wow. And so now joining that or on the heels of that announcement, we uh-huh. have Denise Gao or Go or Goff. Goff, maybe she's Irish, so maybe it's Goff. Anyways, and Genevieve O'Reilly 
joining the cast of the untitled Cassian Andor uh, live action series on Disney Plus. Uh, Denise Gao or Goff, I'm going to say Goff. Denise Goff's role is not known as of this time, but Genevieve O'Reilly is reprising her role as Mon Mothma as seen in Rogue One and I think in a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, actually, I think so. Yes. Oh, and we also, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but it seemed like a new bit of information to me, so I feel it's worthy of bringing up. Uh, apparently the Cassian Andor series is set to take place five years before the events of Rogue One. Oh, wow. So we're getting still again between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yes. How many the, years happened between that? Was that like 30? 18. Because Luke is, Luke is oh, born. Oh, Luke is only, I've said this like multiple times. You've you have. Told you really me like really 18. Have. And I'm like, no, it's 30. No, it's 18. And I'm like, I'm basing it not on Luke, but I'm basing it on how, how much I feel like Obi-Wan ages between <laughs> Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Well, yeah, but, you know, here's the other thing to remember about that is Sir Alec Guinness, may God rest his soul, was already an old man when he filmed A New Hope. And Ian McGregor is like in his 40s. So or early 50s at the latest. Right. So, yeah, I was watching it. And every time I watch it, I feel like Ian McGregor, you know, barely 40s and. Uh, Alan McGinnis is like Alec, Alec, Guinness. Alec, Alec, sir, Guinness. Sir, sir, Alec, Alec Guinness, Guinness to you, you fucking peasant, fucking yeah. Um, I'm a rag anyway. He, yeah, he looks like 60 to 70 in the movie, so I guess life on tat- Tatooine is just hard. Well, I mean, the dry air, the sandstorms, the wind, I thought it'd be good for your skin. I don't know. It'd a probably tan? be good for it'd probably be good for tuberculosis, you know, with the dry climate and whatnot. But I don't. I don't know. Allergies, about skin. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's growing, right? But anyway, so that is uh, that's an awesome announcement for two lovely Irish actresses joining that show. Um, looking forward to seeing them. And uh, that's all she wrote for the news for this week. Good news. Lots of uh, news. Great. 45 Lots, minutes yeah, of news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll say 35 because we had our coronavirus talk, as always. Uh, until That's that, news? Yeah, sure. Right. It's it's more personal. But anyway. We love you guys. Be personal with us. That's right. Be personal with us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, at the Broom Boys on Facebook. At the and, Broom yes, Boys. And at Broom underscore Boys. Because some asshole has broom boys all as one word already uh, on Twitter. But hey, there's a real what reason is with we're Twitter recording. having that issue. I think people just snag up everything. And then I think that way, if someone wants to do that thing, they have to like contact the owner and try to buy it from them. I think it's a Bastards. money. It's like, buy, it's like buying websites in anticipation of a, of a major corporation wanting to make a movie. And so you have that domain name already. So they're like, we'll give you $10,000 for this domain name because we need it because we're going to make a movie and blah, blah, blah. I think it's that sort of a deal. I heard about one time where that happened and the person got 
that had that it was their name. They registered the domain or domain name under under them, you know, and somebody famous had the same name and wanted the site and they refused to sell it to them. And so that person sued them because I'm more famous than you. So people are inadvertently finding you when they're looking for me. And she, I guess she ended up winning. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, no. So I do know, uh, cause I heard this on, uh, on an episode of tell him Steve, Dave, that I believe Kevin had to buy the domain name for one of his podcasts off of somebody and paid something like a thousand bucks for it or whatever. Um, Dude, I'm, I would give it to Kevin Smith. I mean, I would too. I would too. I would, I would give it to. I would. I'd be like, you. I get to give it some. I get to give something to you, Sir Kevin Smith. Well, he's he's not a knight, but um, <laughs> can I call him that? Is yeah, that you, offensive? No, it's not. I mean, maybe to British people who take knighthood seriously. I don't know. I take um, it seriously. I'd I'm descended. If I could. I'm descended from knights like 700 years ago. A couple like my 25th, 6th, 7th, whatever great-grandfathers. I had a couple of knights in my bloodline. Um, I, I mean, I think it's On cool. my German side, I did. My Scottish and Irish side. Well, I guess my Irish side. You you remember the Rob uh, Rob Roy story? Yes, another Liam Neeson movie. Okay, do you remember the the bad guys in the Rob Roy story? No, it's been a long time since I've referenced. That's my family. Rob Roy. Oh, all right, right on. Well, we're, since we're, the we're bad... since since we're now doing ancestry dot com, uh, family tree reveals. Uh, yeah, no, I guess um, William McCarty. Most... Do you know who William McCarty was? Uh, the name is familiar, but I mean. You know, uh, my, my um, data Billy banks. the Kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy yeah, Bonnie. that was one of my that was one of my ancestors. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, there I we mean, go. but not I, not I direct though, blood. right? Because he didn't have he didn't have children. Not direct that way. No, he was like a cousin of somebody. Blah blah blah. Right. I so, don't even know how, exactly how it goes anymore. My my grandma rest in peace told us the entire story and it was absolutely just obviously captivating at the time but my recollection of the story now 20 years later is not nearly what it could be if i had remembered it as well yeah Yeah. sure no i mean i um you know like my i did an ancestry.com thing um a while ago and uh had more luck tracing my mom's side back than my dad's side my dad's side stopped pretty abruptly in like the 1600s but my mom's side i was able to go back to like 800 ad wow for certain for certain people well see that's what happens because i'm um my my grandmother my maternal grandmother was a cook so you follow that name back long enough. Like, so you go to the cooks, like where they came back to America after 
they left and uh, they went to Nova Scotia after the revolution because they still had such strong ties to England that they were Tories. Um, so then they came to Nova Scotia from Nova Scotia to Illinois and then from Illinois, they came out West. And that's, you know, obviously the, the line that I descended wow. from, they went to Oregon and then they went into Idaho from there. Um, but you follow that cook line back long enough. Uh, and you start getting into some pretty interesting, um, people. Like I said, I had knights that I'm descended from, uh, one of the, uh, one of my ancestors signed the Magna Carta. If you go back nice. far enough, uh, one of my ancestors was a king of England, the one that that lost uh, the throne, uh, like at the Battle of Hastings, like the Normans and the Saxons fighting. Uh, but my most probably recognizable, famous family tie from my ancestry.com would be Robert the Bruce. Oh, um, crazy. He is You're... my uncle. He's my uncle. I am a direct descendant of his sister, Maude, or Matilda. So if you ever watch Braveheart, that leprosy guy that you keep seeing off and on, yeah, he's like my 30th great-grandfather. Not the actor, but the guy he's playing, the guy he's portraying. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah there you go. I Right? And that's that's me with the whole McCarty and uh, that whole side of Irish, but... I think the other the interesting part is like my German side. I guess you it goes back. It branches right. Like you have my grandpa's side, the Seegers, and he was Seeger, Bob Seeger, like Bob Seeger, like Bob Seegers. Are you related right? to Bob Seeger? I wouldn't that be awesome? That would be fucking amazing. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't be? I. I it would be hell. Uh, heaven. I mean, it would be it would be beautiful. <laughs> Fuck! Wow, is I never Bob thought Seger about that. Underrated or is he underappreciated or is he is he fine? Because I can never decide. I feel like he's. I really feel like he's fine. I I I I appreciate him for. God, I love Bob Seger. Oh yeah, I fucking love him. I, I and love I don't him know many people music, who yeah. are like God. I hate this song. Yeah, no, you know, I but mean, they I might could, not know who it's by. I could go like I don't necessarily need to hear old time rock and roll that often, but like you play any number of his other songs and I'm down. I'm on, I'm on board. But yeah, I love Bob Seger. He's great. Um, it's just he, he he's probably retired, I guess, because you just don't hear anything about him anymore. He, absolutely. I agree. Kind of like. I mean Kenny Rogers. Well, he's dead he's, now. Yeah, but you didn't really hear a whole lot from Kenny Rogers. Yeah, he had point. his he Sean had his Connery. chicken places. Oh, dude. Well, Sean Connery again is retired. Um, he also has Alzheimer's. Does he have Alzheimer's now? Oh, yeah. That sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's mainly why he stayed out of public public eye. But that's, yeah, it will be still a horrible day to get the news that he's passed. I mean, wow, that guy's an icon. Oh, he's Never beyond, in a Star Wars, I, though. Whatever is beyond icon, that's where he's at. But, yeah, we... I wanted him we, in a Star Wars, man. That would have been awesome. Sean Connery as fuck anybody. Yeah, I mean, dude, they probably tried. 
they probably have tried right. multiple times. Um, low budget, first three, right? Well, yeah, or but the here's the thing: is, I don't know that. As, I don't know I mean, that yeah, money. I don't. I don't know that money motivated him because he did Highlander. No. He did Highlander, and oh. Highlander one and two, and I mean they weren't super high budget and kind of two especially is a horrible movie. But he did Highlander one and two, and it's not like. You know, he had no demands to be the leading role or whatever. You know, he was he was the teacher of Connor McLeod. So I don't I don't think he necessarily is motivated by money. I think a project has to interest him. Um, and at the time, I mean, Star Wars really, even when it was made, was seemingly far fetched to a huge amount of the actors, even what uh uh, Alec uh, Guinness. He was. He said it was it, silly. I'm pretty sure it, he yeah, used the word he, silly. He was. I think silly was Star the word it, is he used, and that it, it, he's on record. Even Mark Hamill talks about how he was like, I can't take this entire thing seriously because it's such a farce. It's or whatever you know, however he said it, but it was like, yeah, it was so out there that he couldn't actually take it seriously it was silly yeah well holy crap so that is uh i don't know how many minutes we've spent on this but 56. we warned you we weren't no not total you dipshit i mean just in the last few minutes talking about random ancestry and other stuff do, 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 down you remember, the road. Rabbit you remember, holes, you remember how holes. i told you to go get more tequila before we started the show i'm kind of regretting it now what <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do not regret this. You have spent oh, this time Jesus. well, and you will you have loved every minute of it. And we we encourage you to contact us because yes, you can be a part of it too. Yes, yes, we would love to hear from you guys. And yeah, we're 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 seriously thinking about including um, having a little call in segment or a guest host segment uh, to join us in the conversation. I think it would be fun. Um, We're waiting and for you. And especially given the quarantine, social distancing situation we got going on right now, uh, could be some neat interaction from anywhere around the world. But anyway. I don't taste a tequila anymore. I, that sounds like a you problem, but I mean, figure I would figure that out. Maybe it's just the solution's more tequila. Probably. Probably. I think that's a good idea. Anyway. Anyway, we we're here. We're supposed to be talking about. We're supposed to be talking about Clone Wars, uh, Siege of Mandalore, oh. Episode Two or Part Two, uh, The Phantom Apprentice. Obviously, a play on the Phantom Menace. But tell me something, my friend. What did you think about the title of that episode? Because it definitely has a meaning. It definitely has a meaning. Um, what do you, What do you I... feel the meaning is? Well, first off, when I saw it with the Phantom of Menace and everything, the connections there with Maul being the, the apprentice of Sidious at the time, obviously the connections between the two names, it, that's one of them. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that that was really the intention. I feel the intention of the title was actually more aimed at Anakin. 
boom then it you was. nailed it buddy you nailed it that's my theory exactly Maul. I mean, there's obviously the connection between the two titles and Maul being his apprentice at the time, all those kind of things. But, yeah, you discover through the entire episode that everything is because of Anakin. Yeah, well, and and Maul says in the episode, and of course we're jumping a little bit ahead into the episode, of course, that uh, Sidious had been grooming him for a very, very long time. Uh, I thought on my first viewing of the episode, because it was so good I watched it twice, that the Phantom Apprentice was referring to Ahsoka. But yeah, no, it's totally Anakin. It's totally Anakin. I wondered the same thing at at the start in some ways, just because of the relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka, the fact that you don't really hear from here on out much mention of her in, in any of the canon quote unquote the movies um i i kind of my first feeling was that or that it again had to do something with maul but yeah as we went through dude there was no question about and uh, that it was anakin and what you alluded to even with uh, last week with Part one, when you were talking about how the droids were said, we can't seem to hit him. Now, we do see, obviously, Ahsoka and Maul use the Force to completely dodge a huge amount of shrapnel, uh, blaster fire, and other things. I mean, even Maul, like, when... Well, in the future, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this whole thing, but he deflects blaster fire easily. So it's not that Anakin couldn't do that, but if Maul has the ability to do it and Anakin has the ability to do it, but Obi-Wan can't, it tells you something about either the the individual's connection to the Force or how they utilize it. Well, um, you also saw Vader do it in Empire Strikes Back. They, oh, good point. So, yeah. It's, well, and then it's, Kylo it's Ren holds it. And Kylo Ren holds it in Force Awakens. Yeah, so it's interesting that the Jedi seem to lack this ability that the Sith do not. Uh, but anyway, so the Phantom Apprentice, part two of the Siege of Mandalore, part two of the four-episode arc that concludes the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, Question for you. What is your question, sir? Last week, did you think, after you saw that episode, could it get better? Uh, I expected it to be on par. I did not expect it to be better. Even though we have that interview from Sam Whitmer or Whitmer or whatever you say his last name, where he said that the the finale is the best script he'd ever read. Um you know, scripts and execution of scripts are two different things. Uh, I I did not expect them to clear that bar that they set for themselves last week, but holy crap, I believe they did. Um, and was he not right about? He warned us in that in his in his interview that we were going to get this kind of arguable moment from Maul where you don't get a clear definition of his motivations or the reason 
behind why he's doing what he's doing. You just get what he's doing. And so you have people completely arguing and taking sides about what his intentions are. Uh, yeah, no, Maul, Maul has shown or Maul showed more depth in this one episode than I think we've seen from most characters over the entire length of the show. And he how much also, he knows. Yeah, he knows a lot, but he also seems to be on the on the wrong side of sanity at this point. He seems very unstable. Good observation. Yes, I agree. Uh, the muttering and the single-minded obsession. But anyways, we'll get to all of that. His uh, mind's definitely been twisted by, I guess you could say, the dark side of my I would say his experiences. I would say what he's been through is has got him to where he's at now. Well, didn't he have a he had a and we'll again we got to again we'll, well get to that. Get we'll to get to the episode. Let's, let's, we'll get to, get let's to get talking. to the episode. Well, sorry guys. Wow. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No. So, so we much pick good up shit. We pick up exactly where we left off from the previous episode where Ahsoka is surrounded and Maul is coming to confront her, uh, and he's basically like. Um, so you're Ahsoka Tano, is it? Am I getting that right? Are you Ahsoka Tano, basically? And um, he's, he seemed very confused at her presence. Um, he was like, why did Kenobi send you? Uh, and so while they're having their dialogue and, you know, Maul is talking about how he wanted Kenobi and, oh, I guess if Kenobi's coming, maybe his his apprentice uh, uh, Skywalker, maybe his apprentice Skywalker would come along. Um, you see Ahsoka tap a little thing on her wrist, a little button that summons Rex and some other clone troopers to her aid. Um, but he is, is I don't want to say rambling, but it almost seems rambling in just the way well, that he's, he's talking to her or at her, but not to her. Yeah, did you notice though his surprise when she says he's not that Anakin wasn't coming that he was going to rescue the chancellor or that no he had he had more important he had more important things to do elsewhere. Yeah. <coughs> when he, you're right, he finds he found out about the Palpatine later and that was in their second meeting. Did they? But, uh, did he? Did they mention Palpatine? He, she mentioned that Anakin wasn't. I want to say that she mentioned her ma that Anakin wasn't going to be there because he had more important things. But I want to. I thought. That I don't somehow, think she mentioned Palpatine directly. But he knew. He knew what that Palpatine had been captured and there was a big battle at Coruscant. No, that Palpatine's plan was was coming to fruition it was it was enacted he it was happening that well yeah but he, he got were he got that from that vision that he keeps talking about is he had a vision he had um, the vision but no it was like there was i remember there was and i'd have to watch the episode you watched it twice you know it yeah i literally i finished watching it like 30 minutes before we sat down um okay. So, yeah, he's just kind of talking and rambling a little bit and, you know, was like, she's like, I'm here to bring you to justice. Uh, 
and he was like, justice is only a construct of the power base at the time. And he goes, and if my calculations are correct, that power base is about to change. And she's like, what for, for you, are you going to take over? And he's like, no, the time of the Jedi is over and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure that's when, when Rex busts in with the clone troopers and everybody scatters, uh, and he is basically like, no, no, we're not going to fight just yet. Um, everybody flees, Maul gets away. And then we see Ahsoka and Rex talking to a very familiar hologram, the hologram of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Bo-Katan is with them. Uh, I think this is why I'm so confused about the whole thing right now is because just heads up everybody i took last night and i did not re-watch the episode i spent it watching revenge of the sith fucking slacker i know right fucking slacker this is where this point in time right now that entire movie this is when it comes into perspective exactly when you're talking about it is taking place concurrently with these episodes yeah and uh, not only can you tell it by obviously how they reference specific material, but watch like Obi Obi Wan's uh, outfit, what he's wearing, and how he's wearing it are I think very very important cues as to where he is and what's going on. Well, so we'll 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 get to that a little bit. Uh, so Ahsoka kind of gives him a briefing on the events on Mandalore and then is just like, well, uh, Hey, can you, can you come and help us out? Can you send reinforcements? And he's like, I am, he goes, I am being sent to Utapau to capture Grievous. So the, the way the word sent makes it sound like he's not there yet. Like maybe he's in transit. He's on the ship. He has um, to be because it's the other thing is to about the movie is his transit to Uta what is it, Utapai Utapau U- Utapau Utapau yeah Utapau um to Utapau uh is through basically Tie Fighter. Well, he no, takes he's one of the gates and he yeah, he's on through, a I, well he's on a cruiser and then I think he leaves mm-hmm. the cruiser and uses the 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 Bingo. jump ring or whatever which it's called yeah to go to, to go to Utapau. which also means that it just it's before he makes ultimately the jump before he arrives but after his last talk with Anakin yes he, i i think he is on the ships on the way yes. to Utapau. it's the only time that i can think it occurs with what he says and the timeline as far as how it fits with the movie and where it, he, he's standing the hood over his head. The only other time that you could, it could possibly potentially be is after he's already arrived, but yeah, but he hasn't just he misdirection hasn't arrived yet. He hasn't. Arrived I don't think yet. so. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. No. But so why this does is... he have the hood up? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, it's like he's trying to conceal and hide himself. Yeah, but I mean, we. He, I think this is before he's left the the ship because you know he gives a briefing to Cody, 
before he gets in his his Jedi starfighter to go to to Utapau directly. Yes. Um, yes, but then, does. yeah, you see him on the planet. He's wearing his hood, uh, like, what, immediately before he confronts Grievous, right? Just before he ri- you see him riding the gecko or whatever the fuck The lizard thingy, yeah. The lizard thing, yeah. Um, just before he's riding that, which also makes me wonder, I got to check it out, but that lizard thing might be really close to what we see in the Mandalorian picture. It's not. Side topic. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Anyway, it's not. It's not. But anyway, uh, you're right. Much bigger. The Mandalorian is much bigger and actually and and the and, and the thing on the thing on uh, the Revenge of the Sith doesn't have the giant fangs coming out of the house, no, and no, it's actually no. feathered somewhat, yes. I believe. And this this thing that the Mandalorian is on is definitely completely reptilian, scaled. Absolutely. And all. Uh, yes. So anyway, so sorry. She's, She's like, hey, can you guys come reinforce us? And he's like, well, I'm on a mission, and so is Anakin. What's Anakin's mission? And then he's like, uh, well... Oh, wait, no, she mentioned Sidious, too, because Maul had mentioned the name Darth Sidious. And that's uh, when Obi-Wan is like, can I please talk... Or no, I'm going to tell you guys everything I know. Yeah, and then so he, he tells mentions- Bo-Katan and everybody and Rex... About Sidious at that point in time. Yeah, what little they know and how he how he had heard from uh, Dooku that the name Sidious, and that was basically it that Sidious existed and that he was a Sith and, Lord. And then freaking Ahsoka's face when she hears that Anakin kills Dooku. Yeah, Anakin that killed was him. A so moment. Th- so that uh, what he said that path of it, or that source of information is now lost to us. Uh, what a moment! Because at that moment, that's the first reference you get to understanding where we are at, sort of, in correlation to the movie. That was your first heads up. This is where we're at. Anakin's killed Dooku. Okay, so we're past that point, um, and then. He goes into telling Ahsoka that he asks everybody to leave and then asks Ahsoka basically to talk to Anakin because he feels he's very conflicted. Right? Yeah. Well, no. He he says he, – he tells Ahsoka about – Anakin's mission to spy on the Chancellor because he's he's been in power longer than his term should have allowed him to be and that she should they want consider, to know his motivations. Yeah, they want to know his motivations and what he's about and that and then he brings up that hey, you should where she and she she's like Palpatine has been his friend and mentor for a very long time. Like how could you ask him to do that? And you know, basically almost the same objections that Anakin voiced um in Revenge of the Sith and then And Obi- here's the Obi- thing. Okay. Here. If if they the hadn't same. done that, if they hadn't paired Anakin with Palpatine at that point in time, that the fall would not have occurred at that point in time. Uh, yeah. Although it might I think have the, occurred in the future, yeah. But. but I think the pairing happened because of the manipulations of Palpatine by saying, I want you to be my personal representative on the council. Yep. Again, I and that's my point. 
all so yet another of this manipulation. Is a manipulation of Pal- by Palpatine. I mean, you have Palpatine at, in Revenge of the Sith specifically reference the the his mom and her torture and uh, death by the Sand People. Yes, and Anakin's response, and he says it's okay. This is the same thing, and that's okay. Remember how you told me. Again, literally, what you find out from episode one, and it becomes crystal clear by this point, is Palpatine is not just manipulating things at a level of, I'm going to start wars. But he is manipulating situations. Down to the point, is is Amidala? Is she a manipulation? Um, uh, I don't know. I think we've brought that up before. Where is 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 their love a legitimate thing, or is it something that's influenced somehow by the dark side? Uh I think I, I don't know if I'd say the dark side as much as I would say by Palpatine. Well, I mean, Palpatine is literally the dark side at this point. I think, I think it's fair to say that Maul is. I feel like uh, Maul is still straight up Sith in his I, in his mind. I don't think in. I don't feel that way. I in uh, fact, well, Ahsoka, I would we'll, almost, we'll get to this Ahsoka because Ahsoka calls him out because in their meeting, in their meeting, and right, which we'll she, we'll get to very shortly. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I look at Maul, and yeah, I think he definitely uses the dark side. But I think again, it's I only want, the. I think he wants his his throne. I don't think he does. Um, but it's only the dark side by the definitions given to us by the Jedi. So, I I I wasn't getting dark side vibes per se off of Maul. But okay, yeah. remind. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When we get to that point. Remind me to jump back to this. Please remind me when we okay. get to that point in the episode. I will do that. Remind Let's me to jump back, back to, to it. it. Back to it. Rex because comes we can, and saves we can, her. We can, debate, we can debate the whole nine yards. Um, Rex comes and saves her, and then we're talking to Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, and, she ba- and yeah, he spills the beans about everything. And then after the Obi-Wan scene that we see with Ahsoka, she gets a call. Is it from... There's an like an attack on C deck or whatever, yeah. Um, and she what she tells Rex to go and make sure it's properly secured, and then the camera kind of pans. We see a bunch of dead clones, and the camera kind of pans down into the bottom of this hole, and we see Maul talking to his Maul Deloreans, as they're they're known as, um, not officially of course, but I think in maybe just pop culture reference and and when it relates to this um and again and he's not talking... really real the helmet dude the helmet has to be it's like there's some kind of designation based upon that helmet well yeah saxon is his is the commander of those of those soldiers or those mandalorians loyal to maul um so, you know, we see we see Maul kind of giving a little speech again, talking 
at them, but not necessarily to them the whole time where you can see he's talking to himself out loud at certain points, uh, you know, talking about the things that are to come and, uh, you know, somebody, oh, wait, no. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is all going down right now. Um, and he sell, he sends Saxon off to go and he said, Hey, they have the prime minister go and make sure he can't talk. So Saxon kill goes, him. kill him. Yeah. Saxon goes off to do that. And he promises, he said, you're, you know, the, to the rest of them, he's like, your people aren't meant to hide below the surface. Uh, he goes, I promise you, if you die, you'll die as warriors. And he sends the bulk of them off to, you know, to the stage an attack. And, uh, right. meanwhile, live or die, die with die in battle or, you know, live on in victory. Yeah. Either or way fight. But then we get to see him, uh, not necessarily torture, um, not necessarily torture, but he uses the force to uh, pull information out of the captured clone trooper, which we heard about. We heard that uh, Jesse had been captured uh, when Ahsoka was ordering Rex to go and make sure that that particular deck was secured. Um so he's torturing this captured Jesse because somehow Maul knew that he was older. And then, uh, you know, and then it cuts away. Maul's basically like, your mind will either open to me or it'll break. That was pretty badass, actually. Right? That was one <laughs> hell of a fucking moment, dude. That was like, oh, damn. And you see him literally just, I mean, the next time we see Jesse, he's fucked up. Yeah, he's not great, but I mean, he's alive um, and he seems right. mostly functional. But yeah, he definitely there's some after effects. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we wow. literally we jump from that to what Ahsoka, Rex and Bo-Katan are standing he on. He basically like an, strips away each person that's around Ahsoka and halfway through, she's really starts understanding. No, everybody needs to go do their thing. It, I'm going after Maul alone well i mean hang on a second because they're standing they're like overlooking the clones like escorting civilians to shelters of some kind and you can hear murmurs in the civilian um wait no hold on even before that even before yeah. that we go to see they go to the prime minister at the prison and they start talking to the prime they're minister. They're interrogating him. They're interrogating That's him. Right. And he mentions that Maul had a vision. And that... Uh, this is the first time. That's basically right. Basically, it staged all of this to try to lure Kenobi to the planet. And that he had interest in somebody else. And then before he can reveal the name, he's shot twice by Saxon. Uh, and with and his, he was like... It wasn't Kenobi. It was yeah, and with his, his dying, he wanted somebody else. Yeah, and he wanted somebody else. And what was the name? And with his dying breath, he says, "I think it was Skywalker." And then he's Skywalker, gone. and then he's gone. And dies. Dr dramatic death. 
Then bum, bum, we get to, then we get to the scene where they're all standing on that little overlook watching the clone troopers escorting the civilians and you can hear mumblings we shouldn't be taking orders from clones and and everything of that nature. Uh and that's and, when Rex is saying and they're every, and Bo-Katan's like this isn't going to last for long. We this yeah, is Yeah, this can't last for long is basically what it was. Is like this is unsustainable. And Rex is like, well, we're only doing this because you guys can't do it for yourself. Yeah, he was like, my men don't want to be police. And then Ahsoka's like, as soon as we get Maul, we're gone. And you can have your planet back. And that seems to kind of settle that issue for a second. And so they enter the throne room that we saw in the in the first episode. And you can see him sitting on the throne, but nobody seems right to notice. There. him. I, you notice him before they do on screen that Maul is sitting on the throne and they're continuing their conversation. And then Maul and then, breaks into the into the talk, uh, and they all they all go into high alert. Um, oh, you know what? We kind of skipped over the scene of Bo Katan chasing after Saxton after the the assassination. Um, it was a cool little chase scene. Nothing much really happened except, you know, a cool little fight where like she catches she got, him. She got trapped. No, well, she got a, he got away because oh, he he, gets he, away? he used right. the flamethrower and she brought up her shield. Oh, yeah. And then he like kicked the flamethrower and knocked her off the elevator. And she ended up underneath another elevator and like burnt out her jetpack, like slowing the elevator down enough. So that's it right. Her. And then she sees him basically. Yeah. And then you see him fly off across the city skyline. Yeah. yeah. And then that's, that's when we right. go to the throne room scene where we're at now. And Maul has Jesse there. And Jesse's oh, like, hey. Such epic scenes. Yeah. He's like, hey, as a token of my good faith. And so, you know, I'm not here to cause any shit. Here's here's your clone. Here's here's your soldier back. And he here's uses your boy. The, uses the force to release the cuffs. And of course this is after Bo-Katan had taken some shots at him and he just swatted them away with the force very casual. And we talked about that already earlier with the whole, and it are the clones programmed to miss or was Anakin just, and it's only a dark side power to really be able to direct misdirect bolts because yeah, Jedi just block them or whatever, but Sith, seem to just use the force to push that shit out of the way be like that fuck that fuck that yeah they they certainly seem to know how to manipulate energy a lot better um i wonder if it has something to do with their ritual to make their crystals bleed but anakin was doing it prior to making his crystal bleed when did anakin do it Anakin did it uh, when him and Obi-Wan potentially did it when him and Obi-Wan uh, took that battle. Obi-Wan was back behind and Anakin was just strolling up to the droids in part yeah, one. Yeah, but I don't think that was Anakin using the force to, to deflect the shots. I think was he using it or was he no, I, I mean, just, was he consciously using it or subconsciously using it? I don't think he was it using it at all. Thing? I don't think he was using it at all. What I think was happening is I think the droids have been programmed to not be able to hit him because it's a safety net for Sidious. Agreed. Because if with war, there's a lot of random shit. If you're orchestrating a war, if you're orchestrating a war 
and you're doing all of this shit and one of your probably number one goals, actually your number two goal, your number one goal is to wipe out the Jedi. Your number two is to take this kid that you've had your eye on his entire life and make him your apprentice. But you're also starting a war in which you know he's going to fight and you're in control of both sides of that war. I think you're going to build a safety net because as now, powerful as the dark side is and as powerful as the as the force is, there are no guarantees. And to you support see your Anakin, theory? Hold on. You're not going to spoil my theory. I think my theory no, is No, to support it. Oh, to support it. Well, let me finish my theory. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a safety net built in where we've seen Anakin in a lot of situations on the Clone Wars where they literally have him dead to rights. Short range, surrounded, blasters pointed at him. He doesn't die. He doesn't get shot. He doesn't take hits. Dooku chops off his arm and just force shoves him away, doesn't kill him, has a chance to, doesn't kill him. So I think there's a built-in safety net for Anakin just to guarantee that he sees the other side of things. Absolutely. You said you had a theory. Galaxy Opera House. Galaxy Opera House is when you have specifically Palpatine mentions it to Anakin. He says that it's not just the Jedi that don't trust him. It's the, and he says it's the Senate. It's democracy. It's everything that doesn't trust, right? What was it? What was the exact line? What was he talking about? Do you remember? Do you remember what I'm talking about in Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, vaguely. I but I think I think he wasn't. I don't think he was referencing the Senate as not believing in democracy. But I think I think, not democracy, but him, Palpatine. Oh no, he was totally talking about the Jedi. It was a hundred percent about the Jedi. Is that the Jedi don't trust him or the Senate or democracy? I think was what he was saying. They don't trust, they don't trust Anakin, Palpatine, the Senate, or democracy. Is I believe the the overall gist of what Palpatine said. Yes, yes, and that's exactly it. it at that moment, he was he was twisting Anakin. He was he was causing the fall. But this is also like. This is in the my mind also a moment that 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 Palpatine is taking to explain also himself in that sense that nobody nobody trusts him and but he's he, you got to take power anyway anyway sorry I, oh I, no my brain I mean, is going I'm... like all these different places right now because this i this episode with everything that's going on it's i feel like it's changing our understanding like not in a bad way it's not doing any retcon it's taking these moments and you all all of a sudden understand so much better and clearer what they were getting at or what they were talking about well, I mean, I think it's definitely expanding on our view of things. I think it's broadening our horizon because I think we're seeing maybe not half the other half of the picture, but we're definitely seeing a significant portion of a picture that was was being painted. Um, 
Anakin already was twisted about how the council dealt with Ahsoka. And he was already seeing how they were they were quick to judgment and they were wrong at times. And that comment, even in the movie, relays so much deeper now seeing the show and how specifically in the timeline that Ahsoka's I don't want to say uh, Ahsoka's trial and and everything that she went through was just before this and so he had already this line drawn clearly that the council acts irrationally and illogically and then they start doing the things where they're not going to make him a master and he's proven himself and you have palpatine in the background telling him no it's not just the problem isn't just the jedi it's everything it's the entire whole of it well yeah but i mean they didn't make him a master because palpatine did this whole order thing to put him on the council I mean, that was, that was their like, okay, if, if, because if they, if they said, okay, fine, we're accepting you on the council at Palpatine's order and we're making you a master, then that would in theory give Palpatine power to decide what Jedi became masters or not. So I think it was, I think it was an internal decision from the Jedi. It's like, look, this kid is definitely worthy of all of this stuff. But we have to be the ones to make those choices. It's a compartmentalization thing. So, okay, so we'll concede. We'll do a 50-50. We'll make him part of the council and honor the request of the chancellor and at the same time get this neat little spy in the counselor's office, but we're not going to make him a master. And I think, again, what you're saying is actually absolutely intentional because it's also supposed to, at that moment, flesh out Anakin. Well, you um, see now because I'm, I'm, they well, feel like they already have their assumption of who Sidious is, but they can't prove it because the dialogue that you see in in the Clone Wars, you feel that they have a better understanding. You feel like even Maul get knows who Sidious is. He does. He knows exactly who Sidious is. He knows Sidious is Palpatine. He was his, he's and been so, in, he's been in his physical presence and was trained by him for like 20 years. He knows exactly who Palpatine slash Sidious actually is. He knows all of that. Um, the council, the Jedi, they have no clue. Um, I got a feeling like they had a guess. Well, okay, so the now legend books that deal with this sort of stuff. Um, in in legends the reason coruscant was attacked is because the jedi were very very close on the trail of sidious um and he staged the attack to distract and basically end and derail the investigation now another thing going on with the anakin promotion to the council and part of the manipulation uh, on Palpatine's part from that was had to do with the visions he was having of Padme's death. That and, Palpatine was sending him. And uh, is it confirmed that he was sending them? You know, okay, my feeling after watching the Clone Wars 
with what you've said with the whole blaster everything with the droids and even the clones neither could actually hit anakin if they tried so those those things in conjunction with everything else that we know he controls so much and it's not the first time he i mean again he gives specific reference to oh yeah you remember when you told me about what happened to your mom yeah yeah i get it that maybe that was just because palpatine told him but i feel like the vision specifically this isn't the first time where anakin specifically specifically has been given visions of people he's loved and cared about death to drive him to do evil things think what he did in the after seeing his mom die at the hand of the sand people he fucking slaughtered everybody so palpatine if you think about it if palpatine had sent those visions had 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 inst what basically was the reason why maybe they were real visions but it was palpatine that was sending them specifically to anakin acting more like a phone line than anything else regardless if that's what palpatine was doing he was it, it had the same outcome both times look at what happened and how anakin fell after those visions of uh Amidala's death he was going to lose his wife his love everything like that he lost his mom and it was the same thing and his mom it, it almost confirmed his fears that I've gotten these before and it turned out right. Now look at this. Oh my God, it's going to happen to you. And I have to do everything I can to stop that. Anything I can to stop that. Okay. Right. So jumping back. So Palpatine is sending him these visions. We'll just, we'll go with that. You've convinced me. And then, so in the book, in the, in the revenge of the Sith novelization, Anakin is like, okay, uh, I need to figure out how to stop this. And then we have the scene at the opera house where Palpatine brings up Darth Plagueis and cheating death and all that. Hey, can I learn this power? Uh, not from a Jedi. Well, in the book, Anakin is like, if I can get access to the masters only holocron section in the Jedi temple, maybe there's a chance I can figure out uh, this power. Maybe there's a reference to it. And so, you know, then Palpatine names him to the council and then he doesn't get named as a master. And so that was like, he all of a sudden had this huge hope that, oh, I'm going to be on the council. I'm going to be a master. I can access these holocrons. And then the council denied him that, which was another wedge between him and the Jedi Order. Um, yeah. So something and he they, felt a slight because. Yeah, but they didn't do that in the movie. But they didn't do that in the movie. That was in the book only, which is now non-canon. Well, um, no, in the movie, he does. You do have Palpatine telling Anakin that he would be the best suited to be going to fight Grievous, and to, that they, if the Jedi Council is foolish to send anybody else, and and then the Jedi Council sends Obi Wan. 
Right. Because of them basically, because it's another Palpatine manipulation because Palpatine knows that the Jedi council is not going to do what he says. So if he's like, I think you should send Anakin because if he had sent Anakin, then guess what? Then the events that we saw transpire over revenge of the Sith wouldn't have happened as quick. Um, because they'd only, it only escalated because Palpatine chose to reveal himself to Anakin, which would not have happened if Anakin had gone to Utapau. So it was, again, a manipulation. The Jedi, they want, mm-hmm. the Chancellor wants Anakin. Well, no, we're going to send Obi-Wan. Um, although and the- it was also manipulation to make sure Obi-Wan felt despair and cheated and put down upon by the Order and gave him, it, it was handing him a reason to hate them. Oh, you mean it was Anakin. Like, you mean Anakin. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Well, no, and it also, but that also did another thing. It made sure that Obi-Wan wasn't at Anakin's side or wasn't there to talk to Anakin when Palpatine was going through all these reveals. So do you think... And... The, and wow, wait a second. Well, hold on, so no. Ahsoka. there's Hold on. Here's another thing, though. Here's another thing. And simultaneously, there's a droid attack on the Wookiees. And they send Yoda away to deal with this. So you've got Obi-Wan off planet, who is Anakin's counterpoint or counterbalance. You've got Yoda, who could definitely probably single-handedly defeat Sidious, but in the company of Windu and everybody else, would most definitely defeat Sidious off planet. So now you've got basically the only things that could stop Sidious's plan removed and Anakin alone, isolated, angry, and not feeling trusted. And the other part is, I gotta say, Ahsoka. She is another one that honestly could pull Anakin back to the light side quickly and easily. Right. On many but occasions. In, but in but in in relevance to the movie as the movie is shown, Ahsoka does not exist in that movie. No, so, she doesn't because she doesn't need to because she's already been taken away. She was the first one taken away. I mean, no, but out but of no, his no, no, triad. no, but but wow. but here's but here's the th- well, I mean, here's the thing: is Ahsoka as a character wasn't even created then. So when they're now, it's it's a testament to Dave Fioni that he figured out a way to make Ahsoka work the way that she has with her not being referenced in Revenge of the Sith at all or in any of the live-action movies. Well, this story, though, was was pre-Disney. This was back all the way... This original storyline was written before Disney actually bought well, yeah, the but rights so, to this film, right? But, but yeah, and but so was Lucas Revenge of the Sith. was the one that launched... The Clone Wars, wasn't he? Well, Lucas he was, was in the Helms at the start. It was Dave Fio- It was all Dave Fioni. All I mean, George Lucas was there. He loved it. He supported it. He was a part of it, but he wasn't the creative force. Still, I'm. I, I yes, you're absolutely There's, right. And there I was no intention for the drive. There was no intention for Ahsoka to be a thing as it relates to the live action movies. But the creative genius. I think genius, that George was in love with her like the rest of us have she, after the Clone Wars storyline with right now. Well, dude, yeah, I love but the that's, character. But no, but that's the point I'm making is that when Revenge of the Sith was made originally, there was no Ahsoka. She wasn't even on the drawing board. 
But when they created the Clone Wars and struck pure gold with Ahsoka, they have, by their own creative genius, found a way to work her into the story in a way that makes sense. It's not like a bookend. It's very organic and natural the way she fits in. Even and she with... fits in the middle, dude. To me, Ahsoka is like the middle part of the story that is the culmination of the start. I mean, I know we have Princess Amidala and you have the, that whole forbidden love, but Ahsoka almost seems like this pivotal part that once removed from Anakin, he, he just starts pinwheeling or it's spiraling, dude. He just starts all over the place. Eh, I mean, I mean, to an extent, I, I would say to a small extent, but I, I don't put as much weight on the Ahsoka absence as maybe as one, maybe I should, or two, as much as you do, because ultimately it was her choice. Yes, the council fucked up. Yes, the Jedi screwed up the investigation. And yes, ultimately, at the end of the day, when she was shown to be innocent, and it was Bara Sophie that was behind everything. They said, we're sorry, we effed up, whatever. She's still, her relationship with the Jedi was damaged to the point where she had to leave. So, it But was I think it was the first her... crack for Anakin. No, Anakin's first crack was before that, even, I think. Uh, I think Anakin's first cracks were probably in that unexplored period of time between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones um, because of the whole, almost his whole lifelong Phantom apprenticeship to Sidious. I think he had probably been cracking for a long time, but not more like the way water can cut out a canyon. The way a river made the Grand Canyon what it is today it took a long time, and I think we have a slow erosion of Anakin where there's a build of trust between him and Palpatine, and then it's, uh, but that trust is that river that's slowly eroding the foundation of the Jedi that that Obi-Wan is trying to build. Uh, Agreed. I mean, but that's that's kind of what I mean. It's like you see his first, his first little flirting with the dark side, just like T's taste, it, Really, in my mind, you're given the scene. It, you're given it in uh, Attack of the Clones with Anakin and the Sand People. That is the first time he really flirts with the dark side. Well, yes, There's other but times it teases him, all those kind of things. But that time, he goes and he's it's it's he embraces it. He kills everybody, man, woman, child, everybody is slaughtered well yeah it's it's the first time i think he probably lost full control um, um yeah but anyway then, dude we're we're way oh, off we are way so off we are so far off from 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 the actual wow. clone wars show um, wow sorry this this entire thing has got me like so fucking my mind is warped yeah no dude it's 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 a it's I, they are connecting the dots in such a, a wonderful way that it's very easy to go off on these side things. 
Um, Absolutely. So, so back can, to the episode. We can go off on these side things after. I mean, or we can go off on them as we hit them, but let's maybe try to not spend so much time on them. Let's like, yeah, let's get a, let's get them through the episode, and then maybe here after all four go through, we can really break this all down over a, a course of a couple episodes. Because, and yeah, because wow. I actually, dude, here's the thing is we got two more episodes. It would not I surprise know. me if one of these conclusions that we have made has gets flipped on its fucking head by the end of these oh, last fuck. two episodes. So and I they're mean, doing that to us. They absolutely are. So I love it. Uh, so Rex gets his boy back and he goes, go, go to your brothers. Maul is really calm, very collected here in this scene. Go, go to your brothers. And then what do you want, Maul? And then we see the Maldalorians launch an attack and, and Ahsoka's like, go, your people need you. Um, and then Maul in a very like reassuring tone almost is like, he's like, go on, we'll be fine. Everything's cool. Go. And so Bo-Katan leaves and, you know, Maul and Ahsoka start having a, a conversation. Um, this scene, this scene, I mean, we saw a little bit in the first episode of wow. the kind of the last Jedi parallel with Anakin walking out to confront the droid army. We got another little parallel here where Maul is basically like, look, I had this vision there. The Sith Lord Darth Sidious is going to do something horrible. And the, the power structure of the galaxy, as we know it is going to change, but you and I can stop him. Ahsoka, if you join me, we can kill him and we can, we can prevent it. And it's a very much like a Kylo Ren reaching out to Ray and saying, join me and we can do this. Um, and Ahsoka yeah. accepts Ahsoka accepts. But then she goes, I got one question. And Maul's like, dude, anything, ask me anything. You've just agreed to help me on this very important thing. What do you want to know? Well, why do you, what's your interest in an Anakin Skywalker? Oh, well, because Sidious has been grooming him forever. You know, it was me and he goes, I thought Dooku was, was my replacement, fool. but me and me and Dooku are the same. We were both just pawns in his game. He's always wanted Skywalker. Everything he's done has been about Skywalker. And so I wanted to get Skywalker here so I could kill him to deny Sidious his prize. Whoa. So everything that Sidious has done. That moment was like, whoa, what we were talking about, where where the rabbit hole we led it, that we went down is, this moment is the moment you discover that Sidious has been since Maul. That means he knew about Anakin before, I mean, at, at least when we discover him in The Phantom Menace. But obviously, we know from the comic books, essentially, that if Palpatine did create, I know we we heard from the the artist that no, that was not the intent that he did not quote unquote impregnate or you know the that whole comic scene where you have Sidious over the pregnant mom of what what was her name Smeary Shmi Shmi Skywalker Shmi uh anyway he have her over there in the comic books and he's like no that was not to represent that he he twisted or did anything he it's just was a depiction of what the script was um 
so we still don't know exactly how much Palpatine had to play in Anakin's creation. We do know that the Force was behind it and potentially a manipulation by Palpatine that created Anakin. But you get this whole idea that literally from potentially that point on, everything, everything, every detail has led to this moment. Yeah, and and conversely, everything that Maul has done was to try to get Anakin to come to Mandalore so he could kill him. So, wow. So was that why Palpatine launched the actual, that's why he decided to do it, that's why he needed to call Obi-Wan and Anakin back, is to prevent Maul from actually achieving to, his to prevent mission? Anakin and Obi-Wan from going to Mandalore with Ahsoka probably yeah. that's probably the new the new reasoning behind it um not that he was about to get captured but he was like oh you know he knew he just the way the same way that Maul through the forest had a vision to show him what Sidious was doing Sidious was also able to know what Maul was was up to and the dark side's never been stronger. You have that moment where he's the dark like, side has never been stronger. But you see Maul, and this is why I'm not going to go out and say that Maul is a hundred percent in 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 a hundred percent dark sider because his his motivation to stop Sidious, while there might be a lot of personal reasons behind it, and there definitely are, there's also an altruistic side to it. So to stop the him stop, from taking over the galaxy to stop the coming darkness. So I mean, there's it's a different side of Maul, right? Um, yeah, it's very I think interesting. that's exactly what they're talking about. That that you can't decide exactly. You that interview we were talking about in the news. This is the moment. This is what we're talking about, or one this of the moments. It's one, one of, of the, the moments. moments for sure. You can't tell his motivations. You can't tell his interests. Yeah. Okay, hey, just a quick little service announcement for the last little bit of this episode. My Bluetooth headset is about to die, and I have no way to use it while charging it, so I'm going to have to throw you onto speaker, so there might be a little background echo, and I apologize for that, but there's just no way around it. Um, well, then, we can we take a pause really quick for a bathroom break? And you for me to plug it in? Yes. Yeah, I guess we can do that. So uh, if we had a commercial, we would toss you to commercial here, but we don't have a commercial. So we will be right back in just a few minutes, folks. Well, whatever his motivations, Ahsoka does not care for that answer at all. And the battle begins. And it's kind of a cool battle. Obviously, it's lightsaber to lightsaber. Ahsoka kind of taunts him a little bit, being like, you're lucky Anakin didn't... uh, didn't come to Mandalore because uh, you're you're you kind of suck. Um, oh God, though. Yeah. To see her lightsabers go up and and to see him his the dual lightsaber, he doesn't have the dark saber. Uh, n- not yet, at any rate. Not yet. Right. Um. But yeah, no, so the, we have a pretty pretty good lightsaber fight. Definitely the, the lightsaber battle we've been waiting on. Um, would, but they're also intercutting between the, the Maul and Ahsoka battle and the Mandalorians against the clones uh, at the same time, which is kind of cool. It's almost like Return of the Jedi-ish with the way they were intercutting between the battles. 
Yeah. Oh, it was cool. It was... I... I was really, really happy with the whole battle scene. Not only for the fact that it was obviously a lightsaber battle that we have waited to see for the whole seventh season. Um, but it didn't just deliver. It, it went beyond delivering. And the way they did it, I was I was watching how the battle was done and it was so fluid and believable um physics wise it didn't look there it wasn't choppy it wasn't there were parts where you were like yeah no there was no way that was going to happen you watched it all and the way they used the weapons the way that it was all done it was so fucking amazing it was so so awesome i loved it oh it delivered man yeah so so great battle um a little bit of dialogue interspersed with the the lightsaber swinging but a great fight and then we see them bouncing outside to the mandalorians versus the clones and the mandalorians are just kicking the shit out of the clones uh and then it's back to maul and ahsoka and then back to the clones and then the tide of the clone battle turns uh, when the the Mandalorians under Bo-Katan arrive and start attacking uh, the Mandalorians uh, from behind and above. And then the clones kind of rally behind with them to, uh, to start pushing the Mandalorians back. Uh, you know, meanwhile, we get a cool little thing where uh, Ahsoka is, is uh, getting... Uh, is she getting disarmed at this point? Is he is he knocking his, her lightsabers out of her hand at this um, point? I know he does yeah, later. up on the rafters. No, not, no, 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 no. This is no, they're no. still in the throne room. I can't remember if he's disarming her also at this he, point. Um, but Maul is clearly the superior fighter. Um, you can that there is are evident. definitely shining moments from Ahsoka. You see, like the cross guard, um, other things that just. Mom, like she just pulls out of her, you know, just at the last second to save her ass. Maul definitely is a superior uh, lightsaber duelist. I think Maul's holding back because I don't think he actually wants to kill her. I think he's just stalemating her. Um, Again, I, this I th gets into what we were talking about, about his his intentions. I think he still wants her help because we do see him later offer one more chance. I don't think his intention is to kill her um, in this initial scene because he has, to my eye, many opportunities and doesn't take them. It's but, a test. Yes. Isn't, but isn't that the Sith thing is it's like this is it's a test. It's all a test. It's all to size up how powerful she is, how powerful she could become and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe if he it's believes himself, say. if he believes himself a Sith master. If he believes himself, I mean, he does does definitely embrace the dark side. But again, you could get into the whole thing. You see him have moments of why does he want to protect the status quo? Why does he want to stop the huge loss of of life? He uses Mandalorians who are mercenaries and his speech is even that such. This is your life. This is what you do. Do it 
with your heart. So does he believe the same of civilians and non-military that their place is non-militaristic and they should not be subject to warfare? I mean, there's a huge amount you could wonder about war and his ideology or his beliefs at this point in time, you know? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, his motivations, I think, hopefully will be revealed further in depth uh, in these last two episodes, but at the uh, end of the episode, you even question more, but we'll get there. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think, uh, I think he was holding back. I don't think he wanted to kill her, but, uh, Ahsoka launches him out a window of the throne room. And it, uh, one thing I thought was really cool is that his lightsaber blades cut a path in the, in the, the wall next to the window. So it wasn't yes. just him going out the window, but the lightsaber blades went through the wall as well. I thought that was a neat little touch. They've, they've done really good about that this whole so series when the lightsabers have come into it. I mean, think about when she rolls, remember, uh, in their t the first part one where she to land on Mandalore, she actually rolls and then uses her lightsabers to slow herself down. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. And then we see when she goes out the window in pursuit of Maul, she slides down the wall of the, the palace or the whatever, the Capitol building, and has her lightsaber jammed in the wall to slow her, her descent as Does well. Does it again. Does it again. Yeah. But then so we get a we get a couple minutes with the Mandalorians at this point, or at least a minute with the Mandalorians where Saxton calls for help from Matt from Maul because he said, we're, we need your support. We're losing. And Maul's like, Oh, well, sorry. Die. Well, that, and then hangs up on him basically. And right. So you see the Mandalorians getting slaughtered and then you see a few of them surrender. Um, very dark side of Maul. Yes. Just yes. Saying. Well, they're tools, they're pawns, they're pawns of his in this whole thing. They're to die They're That's their life they're mercenaries they die they they fight the battle they live they die they live they get the money they die well they die well for him at this point they're a distraction so he leaves them to their fate and is going gets a call from a ship uh the pilot of of which ship we have no idea who it is um but he's basically like hey we're almost there we have to go there's a there's a large sense of urgency in whoever is piloting this ship. Um, Ahsoka spots Maul and is in pursuit. Uh, we see the Mandalorians getting hauled away. The ones that survived in you know in manacles, they're 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 handcuffed, uh, getting marched off by the by the clones. And Saxon is among them. Uh, and then. Maul is almost to his escape craft. We see him slashing a hole in the glass above him so he can jump up to the ship. Uh, but then Ahsoka catches up with him and the fight resumes. A neat little battle on like girders on on rafters where, you know, it's very, very precarious balance. And we're seeing some cool fighting, but cinematography. It is amazing the job they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. But then I think here we see Maul. Uh, holds back a little bit less than he had previously and mm -hmm. almost with relative ease he disarms Ahsoka and has her at his mercy 
Uh, he slices one end of the girders and then leaps over her pretty effortlessly and is like, this is your last chance. You can still join me and we can still stop what's to come. Um, she says no. Uh, meanwhile, Rex down below has spotted her and Maul in the rafters and says, let's get to the gunships. So they're obviously going to come to her aid. Um, then high she- ground. Revenge of the Sith, dude. High ground. Yeah, then she does a little uh, little judo jujitsu move or whatever and ends up knocking Maul off the girder, saving her life because Maul's literally about to kill her. Um, and as he's falling, she reaches out with the force to grab him and he starts protesting that. Says, no, let me die. Let me die. Just let me die. And then the clones arrive in the gunships and uh, wrap him up in the shoot a, a rope at him and, and tie him up. And he's protesting the entire time is you don't know what you're Doesn't doing. Doesn't he say, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. You I have a chance. I have a chance to stop to stop this. And you're you're going to allow it to happen. If, if you do this, you don't know what you're doing. Stop. Let me go. Let me go. And then he's he gets- not protesting his incarceration he's protesting the fact that he's not able to go after Sidious yeah and then and then he gets stunned into unconsciousness and that's when the credits roll is so yeah um intense fucking moment yes and made more so by the fact that we know what all is we know what is coming simultaneously still. what's going on because this is actually what's going on at the same point because if you look at what Obi-Wan was doing this is happening just before he goes to fight Grievous or simultaneously Obi-Wan is probably just setting foot on Utapau at the end of this episode would be my guess or is um preparing to duel Grievous like he might be almost at the point where he's getting ready to engage Grievous my feeling rode the lizard through the yeah (laughs) my feeling is well because you know he landed and he he talked to the to the leader of Utapau and and they was like there's a droid army on whatever level thousands of battle droids and whatever and Mm Obi-Wan's like if you have warriors now's the time and he sends his ship off to get a message to Cody to say hey bring in the troops and then he hides and and we get that the, scene with his hood up yes, very reminiscent we, of what we saw in the episode yes and he gets the lizard and he tracks down grievous and grievous is with the separatist leaders and tells them to go to mustafar uh obviously so anakin can later slaughter them all in one place because sidious has no more use for them uh in fact, the place that that Vader sets up his temple. Yes, a oh, very, very important planet. Very important planet. Uh, so, yeah, I suspect that we will see Order 66 by the end of the third episode. If not at the beginning. I mean, we, I, dude, this is like crazy. I'm not saying that it will. I'm not saying that I need it. It could come in the middle of the episode, the end of the episode. I'm just... This is, I know, a, like, what, how many episodes ago did we talk about 
what we might potentially get. And there was, we had that conversation that I was hoping for that at least that one more meeting with Anakin and then we would get this this kind of just prior to or somehow intermingled with Revenge of the Sith. And I'm like, I feel like a little kid at Christmas every Friday because it is like, this is, (laughs) this is what I wanted so bad. And it's done so well, written so well. Yeah, I see. I think the episode is going to start off. I think the, in fact, probably the bulk of next week's episode is going to be Ahsoka interrogating Maul. That is what I think is going to happen. I think that's going to be the majority of it. And there's a part of me that wonders if like she tries to, she'll try to like, she'll talk to Maul and whatever, and then she'll try to contact Anakin and get, and get no response. And then she'll try to contact Obi-Wan and get no response. And then she'll be like, well, I'll try the Jedi council and then gets no response because they're on their way to confront Palpatine. Like, I'm kind of wondering if we'll get a moment like that just to give us like, okay, this is where the movie is at. Um, They've been doing it. Oh, God, what a moment that would be to just be like, oh, fuck, we're right. Because she would need to she would probably want to report to the council that, hey, I captured him. We need to arrange transport for this clearly dangerous Sith Lord. And why am I not hearing anything from anybody? Because they're busy. They're busy. Order 66 hasn't landed yet, but I mean, we're, you know, like minutes away. We, minutes we know away that, Order 66. Yoda at that point, is... She makes that phone call. Oh, fucking Yoda is off uh, on Kashyyyk, and Obi-Wan's off on... Oh, what? Uh, I can't. I can never say the goddamn name. Utapau. Goddamn planet. Utapau. I want to always say Utapai, but anyway, Utapau. Utapau. Don't 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 ask. Um, I don't have a reason for it. It just Utapau. So Obi Wan's off there. Mace Windu isn't Mace. Uh, going after at this point in time, he's really close to going after Palpatine, right? Well, it's all going to depend on if Anakin has had his meeting with Palpatine yet or not, because Anakin comes back from that meeting, he's like. Because Palpatine totally reveals himself. And Anakin oh, goes, I'm right. going to turn you over to the Jedi Council. They'll know what to do with you. And Palpatine's, the eyes. Like, Palpatine's like, do do what you feel is best. And then he tells Windu, well, he gets back to the temple and Windu is is loading up with, uh, with Kit Fisto and Agent Kohler and one other guy. I can't remember who. I can't remember his name. Um, the dude with the horns. Because uh, Agent yeah, Kohler is the Zabrak, Kit Fisto is the the tentacle squid looking guy. Um, I can't remember the last one's name. I don't even know if his name is ever mentioned in a source that's not a book. Um, Probably. But so Anakin, okay, never mind. No. <coughs> but he, you know, Mace and Anakin are have a little chat, and Mace is like, "Hey, we just heard from Obi Wan. He's destroyed Grievous. Uh, we're going to see the Chancellor to make sure that he does what he said he was going to do and return all the power to the Senate." <laughs> And then Anakin's like, he's not going to do that. I learned a terrible truth. He's the Sith Lord we've been looking for. And Mace Windu's like, he's the Sith Lord? And he's like, yep. Uh, Because he knows the dark side. And yeah. And so Mace Windu's like, our greatest fears have come true. That the Republic has been taken over by the Sith. He goes, you've done a good job 
stay here. We're going to go deal with this. And Anakin's like, no, let me come and help. You'll need my help. And he's like, look, let us do this. If everything you say is true, you'll have earned my trust. But for now, just chill here. So depending on on where and how they choose to give us that supposition, if they choose to give it to us at all, the only supposition we might get is some clone, maybe even maybe even uh, Rex looking down at his wrist and seeing a hologram of Palpatine going execute order 66. That might be the only clue that we get about where we're at in reference to revenge of the Sith. But I think we're there, but we're there. But I think at the absolute latest, we're going to see that is by the end of the third episode. I will be shocked if we don't see it by the end of the third episode. I will be shocked. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I I think we're going to see it. I mean, I really think we're half an episode away at the most, but maybe, maybe by the end we'll see because what I can really, what I've, what I'm starting to assume and believe is next week we will have an answer. They will give us an idea where this relates and correlates in the story because they've done that twice now where they give us a specific event in the movie to kind of tie it all together. So they're going to give us something. Um, Next episode, it's, I mean, Order 66 and the Death of Grievous, I mean... Those are the two really pivotal moments in the next short segments. I mean, the fall of Anakin, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but the fall of Anakin goes pretty much unknown by everybody that would care about such a thing. Right. Um, I mean, the clones probably know, and they probably acknowledge and care that, Oh, Hey, he's on our side. They actually probably don't even care about the Sith and whatever. Well, Based upon A New Hope and how you look at it all, it's a chance that Obi-Wan really believed that he kills Anakin on Mustafar and that Darth Vader is somebody, somebody completely else. Yeah, I read in a source somewhere that he did figure out, it took years, it was years later, but he did discover that Anakin survived. Um, and that Vader was Anakin. So he did know in advance of a new hope. Um, okay. But he he knew he was not completely honest with Luke, but at the same time he was completely honest because it's like the whole thing. Dooku isn't Tyrannus. Sidious isn't truly Palpatine. They, the, they are just a face and a facade, a mask, a shield from who the individual truly is. Just like Anakin well, I mean, wouldn't have been Vader. Obi-Wan said it himself to Luke. He said, look, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And then, you know, the one of my favorite lines in Star Wars follows that where he's like, Luke, you'll find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Uh, I, I love that line. There's so much meaning in that line. It's crazy. Um, truth. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm just as excited for that well, one that moment line, in the ep- Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm just as excited for the moment of, in the, of the next episode where they reveal where we're at concurrently to revenge of the Sith 
as I am for the the greater storytelling that will happen in that episode. Very well, excited. Well, even that line, though, dude, exactly what you're saying is so true about this moment. Even, whoa, with Darth, okay, well, it's so true about that, this moment, even with Darth Maul is is you don't realize just i mean what his motivations are it's his perspective and from his perspective we we're not ultimately getting the story from his perspective but if you were then obviously you would know a whole lot more right and that's that's what i think is so important about the next episode is i think we're going to get his point of view and i think they need to give us his point of view before order 66 goes down because when order 66 goes down i think they're in a literal fight for their lives they're literally going to be i think we're going to get an episode of them fleeing is essentially what it's going to going to boil down to is probably the them her linking up with bo katan and probably bo katan <coughs> excuse me releasing the maldalorians and saying look I know we were just fighting 27 seconds ago, but we have an occupying army of clones who are now rampaging against this Jedi who helped us in our time of need. Um, We need to team up and fight back. Um, And Maul even on that side is we need to team up and fight. She needs his help. Right. So, yeah, that's what I'm I'm curious to see if we're going to get a Ahsoka Maul team up in the fourth episode. Rex. And Rex, yes, and Rex. Um, Do you think maybe actually Jesse plays into that? Uh, I don't know. Do you think Maul realizes exactly what's going on because of Jesse? And then is like, hey, you know, tells Ahsoka this. Ahsoka tells Rex. They take care of Rex's chip, but he's the only one they have time for. It's hard to say. It's very possible. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to find out. Oh, man, I can't believe there's only two left. Oh, I can't believe there's only two left, but I'm so excited for them. And I, you couldn't ask for a series to go out in any better way. Well, I mean, who knows? I'm they could, they could just it. totally they could just totally shit the bed for these last two. Who knows? These last two might be dog shit. I believe Maul when he says the best is yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sam Witwer has promised us. He said the series finale is the best script he's ever read. And which means he's in it, which yeah. Yeah. He's in it. And you know, Sam Witwer, um, whether he meant it was the best clone war script he's ever read or the best script just in general he's ever read. I mean, Sam has been a part of some pretty massive and well-made projects. I mean, not just in the just in the Star Wars world, you're looking at he was in The Force Unleashed, he's been on a bunch of the Clone Wars and Rebels and a bunch of other things, but he was also, I mean, he was on Battlestar Galactica for half of a season or so which was one of the best TV shows of its time and still holds up incredibly well today. Um, Mm -hmm. So he has seen 
some amazing scripts. He has seen some amazing stories. So if he's saying that this thing is amazing, then he definitely knows what he's talking about. He's not just hyping up empty. Um, He definitely has a big um, reference base to compare this script to. Um, So I can't wait. Can't wait. I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, there's. I really hope that the last episode ha- is a little bit extended. I hope it runs a little bit longer than a typical episode. Uh, it would be. It would just be nice for them to to try to get as much as they could as they can in. Um, Agreed. Make make that last episode. Give us forty five minutes or fifty minutes, something like that. Give us a double episode, but oh. All I can say, though, is regardless, even if they do give us a 22-minute episode, unless they completely, I mean, drop the ball hard and heavy, which I just don't think it's going to happen, all I can say is thank you for this. Because this, The Clone Wars, and The Mandalorian have truly, honestly taken my whole feeling about star Wars and flop them completely on their head. What the rise of Skywalker did and how I felt after that, these have completely reinvigorated my love of the star Wars universe where that one kind of, I don't want to say killed it because it, that's, that's not even close to true. Yeah. It no, just, no. It last, just, last Jedi did more damage to how I feel about star Wars than than rise of Skywalker did. Is it weird to find out that George Lucas loved it so much? What rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Well, isn't he responsible in part for the story that we got in the end? Wasn't wasn't that one of the rumors is that he was brought in? Yeah, but I heard that he didn't want to bring Palpatine back. That was not his idea, and he advised against it. Well, but yeah, but it's not his, unfortunately. His choice? It's not his choice his anymore. Yeah. And this this actually, when with that said and what we're seeing right now, I got to wondering something. George Lucas really liked The Last Jedi. If he really had faith in Kathleen Kennedy, I think she did too. The direction that they were taking it, that Jedi was just an order in something that was much larger than than what was originally defined. They liked that. However, it didn't sell the movie. It didn't do well. And then all of a sudden you have Disney and the producers and the fan base and everybody come in and say, no, that's not the right direction we want to go. And then you get the rise of Skywalker because you get two competing entities deciding where the story is going to go. And you have one that's trying to tell one story. And then you have one that's saying, we care about delivering this story because that's what people want to hear. And so I'm, I'm wondering how much... Actually, the direction of Star Wars was changed not because of anything. And we got Rise of Skywalker because, sadly, because the fans retaliated as much as they did. Well, I mean, it's possible. And then the other side of that coin is the unmade Colin Trevorrow script uh, for for Rise of Skywalker, which he titled Duel of the Fates. Um you know, I, I think George Lucas 
will never, ever, ever speak out against a Star Wars project because, I mean, you know, that's his baby in every way, shape, and form. Star Wars is his baby. It all came from in between his ears. And, you know, of course, he consciously was aware that when he was selling Lucasfilms, that he was selling his control. Um, so maybe he feels like if he speaks out in support, whether that's a total truthful representation of how he feels, it will keep it alive. Because, I mean, I don't want Star Wars to die. I know most people don't want Star Wars to die, but, I mean... As much as you and me and a million other people can say they don't want Star Wars to die, I would bet George Lucas doesn't want it to die more than the rest of us combined. Agreed. I'm I I, I really liked the parallels that they did in part one with Anakin and walking up on that droid army like the last jedi that parallel was really awesome to me because it's what i wanted from the last jedi i didn't want a force projection i wanted luke and in some ways i got a skywalker walking up with every gun trained on him and i watched him get out of the situation i watched him deflecting the bolts and I got to see that, and it was a moment that made me say, uh, that was what I wanted, and thank you for at least delivering some kind of visual representation of that Clone Wars. Wonderful nod, and it truly actually made me help, help make me accept The Last Jedi just a little bit more, because I got a scene that was a parallel, but even what I wanted to see even though it was Luke's daddy. Yeah, you know, I mean, as much as I disagree with the decision for them to kill Luke, the image of him where they do like the behind shot of him standing there by himself facing down the might of the First Order in front of him, what an amazing shot. Like, I would like that as a poster. Or a, Absolutely. Or, or a piece of framed art because it's a one, it's just a beautifully framed and shot scene. And um, then the parallel to have his dad doing the same thing. It was or, just or, yeah, this very, nice very nod. similar thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as much as, like I said, it's just, I disagree with how they handled the story. It's not, I don't even necessarily disagree with the execution. I mean, Last Jedi. I think took a lot of risks and some of those risks paid off and some of them certainly did it. But as, as much as I, I hate hated, how they handled Luke. Well, yeah, I did too. And as much as I hated to see him become one with the force, uh, at the end, I absolutely loved that moment when I saw it for the first time with him walking out by himself to face down the first order. I remember sitting here and being like, this is what I fucking paid my money for. I didn't pay my money to watch a slow speed chase of, of spaceships for some whatever reason, because apparently gas and, and speed and you know, whatever. <laughs> you know. Oh, the Republic ships are faster, but yet they can't seem to gain ground on the First Order. So uh, yeah. we get a slow that speed was... chase, and then we get 
Poe and or not Poe, but Finn and and Rose going off to recruit Benicio del Toro and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just they made some weird choices. But that that image and just that image of Luke standing there facing down the first order to me is iconic. And I just wish he'd really have been there. That is really my complaint. Uh I, I, wish I don't he even had really been there. I don't even really need him to be there. I needed them to not kill him. If if he was not going to be there, I needed them not to kill him. If he was going to be there and he had gone out in this grand, like, the blasters didn't kill him and all that, and he had some big old duel with Kylo Ren and he ended up getting beat somehow and he died there... I would have been okay with that. Or if he pulled an Obi-Wan and turned off his saber yes. and said, strike me down and I'll become more powerful and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyways, yes. we don't need to, we definitely don't need to spend an hour going over no. the last no, no, Jedi no, no, no. again, because that is what this will become. But holy hell, kids, we gave you a oh. supersized episode uh, we took the you long didn't think way. think it could get longer from last week, but we did it. We took the long way to telling you about part two of the Siege of Mandalore and the part two of the finale of the Clone Wars. Uh, we yeah, we took the long way to do it, but we hope you enjoyed every step of the journey as much as we enjoyed uh, giving our thoughts and perspectives. Because that is ultimately what this show is: is we're giving our thoughts and perspective on what we're all seeing and hopefully all enjoying together. Um, Give us yours. If you disagree or have a different opinion or you notice something we didn't, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of noticing stuff that we maybe didn't and didn't mention. Mm -hmm. um, So apparently in the first episode, there is a, um, we see Ezra. From the, the the Jedi from Rebels, apparently we see him as a really? as a young Padawan on the ship with Obi Wan and Ahsoka and Anakin. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and look to see if I can spot him. But then also apparently, oh wait, not Ezra, Kanan. I'm sorry, did I get that right or wrong? Um, Ezra, Ezra is is Ezra is the from old... Rebels, and it, it, he's the one that ultimately that gets shoved off into space with Thrawn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we see him Kanan Jarrus, I think is his actual name. Um, but then we also in episode, in this episode, when you walk in and you see Maul talking to the leaders of the syndicate, the leader of the syndicate that was on the far right, dressed in black, blonde hair was apparently Drayden Voss. From Rogue, or from from the Solo movie, it was Paul Bettany's character. Oh wow! So yeah, apparently they're they're filling the episodes full of cameos with little stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised because they really this Filoni uh, has done his homework. He knows the series. He knows where it's been. And the nice thing about the Clone Wars series is. That's canon. It is canon. It is Disney canon. So the guy knows the stories, right? He wrote them. I would hope he knows the stories. (laughs) Right? Um, Exactly. So what, what a good job he's done at delivering an amazing 
piece of work. I mean, this this goes in into the entire uh, Star Wars mythos, and and it just like it's it's perfect. It fits perfectly. It, it, it adds every little bit of Star Wars that it could possibly have and grab, and then gives us so much more and helps us understand the story so much more. I like I my hats are off. Yeah, yeah, my my hat, my pants, my belt, all right. of it. It's all off for uh oh, for wow. for this finale of the Clone Wars. Uh, so God, do you yeah, have anything else? I don't have anything else. I can't think of anything else to throw at anybody at this point in time. Uh I definitely don't have anything else at this point. So I think from me, Guy, and you. And me, buddy. Yes. Well, have we spoken? We have spoken. 